Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Retail Refined, a market scale podcast hosted by me, Melissa Gonzalez. Today, we have Greg Hanover with us as a guest. He is the CEO of Live Ops and is an advocate and thought leader on flexible workforces who first joined the company in 2008 and has held a series of roles with increasing responsibility before being named into his current role back in 2017. Prior to joining LiveOps, Greg had several marketing and event positions within the sports industry, as well as an information technology and service company, West Corporation. Greg, thank you so much for being on the call with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Melissa. Yeah, I guess I should call it a podcast, not a call. But <laughs> um, so before we go into more details, can you tell the audience a little bit more about LiveOps? Yeah, LiveOps is a, uh, a leader and pioneer in the virtual contact center space. So we've been around for 20 years, really pioneering this whole idea around crowdsourcing and flexible workforces, serving enterprise organizations. So we really pride ourselves on uh, having individuals or allowing individuals to work around their life and to be able to serve enterprise customers in both customer care and sales um, in a way that delivers the staffing levels and qualities that, uh, that enterprise companies need. So we call our, our community of independent contractors Live Ops Nation. Uh, these agents work from home, work virtually uh, around the country, domestically, uh, and uh, handle voice, email, chat interactions for, for many large enterprise organizations, uh, with our largest vertical being retail. So we serve many retail customers today, global companies in the sporting goods category, luxury goods, home goods, many different types of retailers who leverage this on-demand staffing model to really solve problems in a different way um, in where the traditional model today uh, is really not serving the retail space uh, in the way it needs to. Excellent. Well, there's so much that we can dive into. I'm just, as you notice, jotting away with notes of more questions I want to ask you. So tell me, let's start with this. I mean, there's the the role of, of the customer service agent, I think, pre-COVID, um, and then a significant evolution of that um, over this past 18 months. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, the role of the agent um, has, has really changed, in, especially in the retail space. And you think about um, the growth in e-commerce and what's happening uh, in terms of offline versus online shopping, and just the change in the customer experience uh, that's happening where customers who may have traditionally gone into a, a brick and mortar store are now or have now become an e-commerce shopper. And, and you need to think about from a customer service perspective, how are you creating that experience or trying to replicate that in-store experience uh, through your agents uh, while they're in the middle of that customer interaction. So uh, today's agent has to be more of a, a sales agent, uh, not just a customer service agent, because what they're doing and the experience they're providing to somebody who has traditionally shopped in a brick and mortar has, has changed quite a bit. So mm -hmm. that's a big, that's been probably the largest shift we've seen. And the beauty of our model is we, we source talent around the country. Again, our agents are geographically dispersed and we're able to go and source the right profile that's going to meet the needs of our customers. And 63% of our agent community in the retail space has experience working in traditional uh, brick and mortar retail outlets. So they bring that experience from being in store uh, and are able to take those skills and apply them in a virtual customer service uh, role. Yeah, that's interesting because there was a number of brands when they did that pivot, right? It was the store team that were very well equipped to kind of be that virtual 
customer service agent because they knew the frequently asked questions, you know, they knew the pain points in store, they knew what was successful, they knew, um, you know, to how to navigate conversations um, from a like first point of view, uh, being in those store environments. Absolutely. And, and one of the things we, we spend a lot of time doing with our agents is really training them on those soft skills. So being able to handle those, those conversations and being empathetic, you think about the experience people had going through the pandemic, all of us for the first time. And when people were, were making those purchases or interacting with companies, they, uh, they prefer to shop with, there's a lot going on in their personal life. So it just takes a much more, especially in the last 16 months, much more empathetic agent. And we saw that in a lot of the customer interactions in terms of conversations that were happening between customers and our customer service uh, agents and just that need for empathy uh, mm-hmm. and having really good listening skills. Yeah. So maybe we can dive a little bit more into that and how live ops differentiates itself from traditional call centers, you know, and from in-house customer service teams. And what does that training and onboarding look like? Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing for the model compared to a traditional model is our ability to staff up and staff down effectively. And when you think about why retailers bring us on, I'll give you an example, large global sporting goods retailer uh, brought us on because of the traditional context of context center model was failing them. Uh, They weren't meeting service levels. Uh, Quality was not there, especially during busy times of year. You think about Q4 and the retail holiday holiday season. Uh, You think about back to school, those busy moments where volume tends to increase significantly. And the way the FTE or traditional model works, uh, it was failing them in that they weren't able to provide the staffing that they Mm -hmm. needed. So they brought us in to really help solve staffing and quality Uh, And an example being in 2019, this sporting goods retailer had a nine minute wait time for their customers during Q4. Uh, We took that down to nine seconds in 2000. Can I tell you something? Even nine minutes sounds like a gift. I was, I forget who we tried to call. I think it was an airline trying to upgrade to premium seats. And they said, your call time will be two hours. Yeah, there's a lot of that happening right now too. Right? <laughs> I hung so, up, obviously. <laughs> yes, look for a different channel to to interact with because uh, nobody nobody wants to have that kind of experience and wait that long. And that's really where we go in and disrupt and solve problems in a different way with the on-demand staffing model. And, and that's really been, among other reasons, we talk a lot about our talent profile and that we, we source a more mature agent, an older agent, uh, average age 38, uh, mm. 80% have some level of college education, um, the average agent has at least 15 years of work experience. So when you look at those attributes in, in terms of what it provides in terms of customer experience, it's very different than the traditional model, which is typically somebody in their early 20s, high school education that's being sourced within a 25 mile uh, radius of the contact center. So uh, the advantages of a, of a distributed workforce uh, leveraging these independent business owners just uh, delivers a much better experience Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's with the customer or just making sure those contacts are answered in a timely fashion. For sure, for sure. So um, how does the on-demand aspect work? Are you cross-training um, your agents across brands? Um, how plug and play do they become? Yeah, so we, we, we talk about two aspects of our model. We talked about how we serve our enterprise organizations. Uh, and then you think about the changing mindset of the workforce and the need for flexibility. It's everywhere. Um, we always say that uh, through the pandemic, uh, the secret's out now around this idea of flexible work and, and how it can really bring uh, work-life balance and allow you to work around your life. But we talk a lot about the flexibility that the model provides individuals and their ability to come in. And they, they sign up and they work when they're available and when they want to work. So okay. a lot of stay-at-home moms, 70% of our community are female. 
uh, many stay-at-home moms, and you think about the impact the pandemic had on women mm -hmm. being displaced from the workforce, this is a great opportunity. We had a lot of women join over the last 16 months uh, because they were displaced, and this was an opportunity to work from the safety of their home, uh, be able to take care of the family if needed, and also earn a living at the same time. So it, uh, it provides a lot of different benefits, but they're essentially independent business owners. They come in, they choose the programs they wanna work on. Some are dedicated to one program, some work on multiple programs. We really refer to our Live Ops Nation as an open marketplace uh, for people to come in and provide services. So a lot of uh, freedom for the individuals yeah. to come in, really create the environment that they would like to create for their home-based business. Mm -hmm. That's great. So that's a big trend for sure from COVID. And how, what else have you seen? I mean, how did you evolve as retailers and brands really ramped up their e-commerce channels and the demand you know, for those channels really grew? Yeah, our, our retail business, just to put things into perspective, we grew 100% our retail business did from 2019 to 2020 with the explosion in e-commerce. And you think about either one out of necessity, uh, companies mm -hmm. were shifting to the e-com channel because of stores being shuttered, or you just think about just the overall growth. Um, and e-com has been growing for a while for many retailers. But when you combine that, uh, it just led to explosive growth last year. And again, what we really pride ourselves on is the work opportunities we were able to bring uh, thousands of Americans in 2020. So many people were displaced uh, and needed to work from the safety of their home. Uh, and we were able to go out there and provide work opportunities to come in and, and do that, uh, and find that flexibility, discover that flexibility, find that work-life balance and serve the retail customers that we have. And just one example, we have a lady named Chanel who works on one of our large sporting good retail partners. Uh, who um, probably like many women got pregnant during the pandemic mm -hmm. and it needed to really find uh, a work from home opportunity for the health and safety of herself and her child. And she joined us during the pandemic, still with us today and, and really enjoys that flexibility that the Live Ops Nation and the Live Ops Business Model provides her. Yeah, so, I mean, that's great to hear, you know, all the growth that you had and, and seeing um, that there's been a, a, a community that's come to the platform and you know, this has been an, a great solution for them and, you know, they're, um, them taking on a job. There's also been a lot of news around labor shortages in retail. Um, can you share your insights on this and, and what trends you're seeing in that aspect? Yeah, you know, the labor shortage, um, depending on who you believe or the stats you read, there, it's a pretty mm -hmm. complex issue. Um, there's a lot of factors, I think, that uh, most people agree are playing into it, whether it's the the unemployment aid that is out there, whether it's um, the lack of childcare support that's forcing mm -hmm. the, um, parents or, or women in many cases to have to stay home. Um, or you look at other factors where people are still fearful of the impact and the effects of the pandemic. And there's a lot that goes into it. And while many companies um, are, are facing uh, shortages in many ways, and we've seen an impact too, in terms of just the overall um, uh, labor shortage that's hitting everybody kind of in this $15 an hour category, mm -hmm. also more and more people continue to shift to this model. So having that opportunity to work uh, flexibly and work around your life, like I said, the secret's out now. The, the, mind, the changing mindset of the workforce has been happening for a while. Yeah. If anything, during the pandemic, it's really accelerated. More people have discovered this, this opportunity to, to work uh, around their life and find that flexibility. So we've seen more and more new people come into our business model. And many may have come in in the beginning as a, I need, I need to find a work opportunity. This may be a short-term thing, but we have many who are staying with us because they've really enjoyed 
what they've discovered in being part of uh, Live Ops Nation and really running their own business. No, for sure. So um, are there any, can you share any examples? I know you work with a lot of impressive brands. Um, any kind of case study or, or, or proof points or stories that you could share over the past year where they really um, partnered with Live Ops and you saw some, some surprises, positive surprises? Yeah, I would say one of our, our home goods customers who focuses on um, um, candles and uh, lotions and other products, mm -hmm. hand sanitizers. Um, there's uh, one of the larger ones out there who's been growing significantly. You think about the impact on their business um, over the last 16 months, they've been growing uh, beyond just the pandemic, but uh, we all know that uh, those types of products really increased uh, and ramped up significantly. And it, it, in the early stages of the pandemic, I think every, nobody really knew what was happening or what was going to happen. This was the first time for all of us in going through this. And, and when stores were being shuttered and people thought they were going to have to really cut back and reduce staff. And so for a couple of weeks there, people were, were, were cutting back and and then they quickly realized that e-com was exploding and everybody was shifting to the e-commerce channel. Yeah. And then, like I said, depending on the product category you're in, uh, you had to increase your staffing significantly. So we were able mm -hmm. to, to double our staffing for this home goods uh, company within 60 days. So going from roughly 250 to 500 agents, wow. upwards of a thousand agents and be able to That's meet fast. those service level needs that were coming through on their e-commerce channel. Yeah, I mean, that's impressive because I think that's one of the bigger complexities coming out of COVID is a lot of companies had to trim down and then things came back quicker than, you know, we're ready for them to in some cases, not everywhere, but, and then in those cases, you can't, you can't find the talent fast enough um, to satisfy that demand. And you want to make sure that you're maintaining that good customer service the whole time. And that's where a model like this, the agility of this model allows you to really handle those planned or unplanned events. And I think last year, as we picked up a lot of new retail partners, or we saw increased business with our existing retail partners, of the many things that I think they were appreciative of with this business model was the agility to staff up and staff down, given all mm -hmm. the unknowns of going mm -hmm. through the pandemic together. Nobody could forecast and predict what was going to happen to their business, especially in the early innings of, of the pandemic. And just having an agile model like this I think mm -hmm. really helped a lot of our retail partners. And if you were to talk to them, I think you'd hear from many of them uh, in terms of the impact. And, you know, one example I can share with you is, a, is Nordstrom, who's a big partner of ours and, you know, the impact to their business in the early innings um, of, the, of the pandemic and then through the summer months. And they had an impact to one of their fulfillment centers in, in Iowa that was a, a weather-related event. And, you know, our ability just to staff up and staff down and meet the needs yeah. of their business um, were significant. And if you were to ask Nordstrom, I think what they, they appreciate, appreciate about the partnership with LiveOps, it's probably this agile staffing model that really allows them to improve the customer experience because uh, there's a lot of unplanned events that happen and you need to be able to be nimble and agile. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so the, the next big season, I guess, that we're heading into as of this conversation, we'll be back to school. And that's going to be a very different retail landscape in comparison to last year. And still nobody really knows what that evolution is going to be, right? I think we're all going to be in person. Um, but so how are your brands uh, preparing for that season? Yeah, many of our brands who have a um, have an increase during the back to school period are expecting 30 to 40% year over year increase. So we've already be, uh, been hard at work staffing up and making sure that we have the necessary numbers and staffing to meet those needs. And I think everybody agrees there's going to be a pretty meaningful increase just given 
this will hopefully be a uh, somewhat of a normal return to school type period for for many across the country. And as a result, you're going to see uh, increased activity uh, in the retail space, especially um, we also think about just where the economy is right now and the amount of disposable mm -hmm. income out there and just um, our growth in GDP and how that translates into the retail space and then just the number of contacts. So you combine a couple of those things and, and many companies are very bullish, not just on back to school, but also heading into the retail holiday season where they expect that momentum to continue and again, be up 30 to 50% uh, year over year from where things were last year. Yeah, I'm very curious. I mean, we're definitely seeing a pickup in our business with wanting to open pop-up and permanent stores and um, you know, everybody wanting to have a presence for holiday this year, especially after last. It's funny because last year though, I probably got more gifts than I would have from my siblings because they said it was a bad year. We just want to have great gifts. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how much people are going to spend it in like products versus travel, but, but we'll see either way. I think that if July 4th was a good example of it, like every, it was such a celebration. So I think we'll see that um, into this holiday season for sure. Absolutely. So what's the future? Like what does the next three to five years look like when it comes to um, agile, agility within you know, staffing and retail? Yeah, I think you're gonna to continue to see uh, growth in this whole idea of flexible work, whether it's in this contact center space or in, in work in general, uh, it's here to stay. And it's really gonna be important for companies to continue to embrace this whole idea of people wanting flexibility. They've discovered it through the pandemic and they're only gonna want more of it. And then when you realize the benefit on your business uh, in terms of providing your, uh, your team with flexibility, the return they give you in terms of productivity and loyalty uh, far outweighs um, what you think you gain by having somebody uh, in an office from eight to five. So we're very bullish about where things are going. Conversations with existing customers and new customers uh, who, are on, who are discovering this type of, of business model that provides a much better customer experience um, mm -hmm. continues to grow. So we're, we're very bullish about where we're going. We focus a lot on technology too, in terms of how does technology enable uh, a better customer experience? So we're always right. looking for ways to invest in technology that allow Live Ops Nation in our aging community to provide a better customer experience. So I think there's still a lot of work to be done in that space in terms of how you marry technology with people to really provide that best customer experience. But that's a big area of focus too in terms of how we support our aging community to deliver an even better customer experience. And I think you're gonna see that across the industry, just not necessarily specific to Live Ops, but more companies are gonna figure out how to, how to find that, uh, that right uh, balance between technology and people. I think so too. One of the surprises for me, I don't, yeah, I guess I would say a little surprising is the growth of SMS when it comes to customer service. You know, before it was so taboo that you would give away your cell phone number and you would want to interact that way, but it's so efficient. Um, and I think that that's been uh, something that we've seen a lot of growth in when it comes a little bit, maybe a little bit more to customer clienteling, but as a conversation tool. Yeah, absolutely. I think SMS, I think growth in the non-voice channels, right? We continue to see significant growth year over year in our non-voice channels. So whether that's email, chat, you mentioned SMS, and then also uh, content management. So social media content management is another growing area for us where more and more companies are. They realize the customer experience spans many channels. So it's not yeah. just voice, it's not just chat. Um, and how do you interact with your customer and the channel they prefer? Or how do you stay engaged with your with your customer uh, as they as they go between channels. So we're, we're seeing a lot of growth in our business in non-voice, uh, in, in chat, 
uh, SMS and then social content management also. Oh, that's interesting that you, you cover all those channels and then um, that's an interesting onboarding process too, I'm sure. So do you gravitate to those who have an affinity for social? Um, like how are you dealing with those different buckets when you do your hiring? Yeah, it depends on the type of skill set we're looking for. So uh, we have very defined uh, requirements for each of those opportunities and, and we source differently for each of those. So in most cases, uh, we have agents who are dedicated in each channel. Um, mm -hmm. We have some who we call a universal agent who they, they can toggle between channels and service customers. But um, depending on the work that needs to be done, uh, we then go out and make sure that we have the right profile targeted to, to find people who are good at email, chat, SMS, social, voice, depending on what, uh, depending on what the requirements are. So that all comes through in the, in the assessment in the uh, recruiting phase. Gotcha. Well, it's exciting. I mean, there's a lot of, of, of growth and trajectory, I think, in your future. Is, is one, as you're continuing to see this evolution of, um, of agility and flexible workforce, but then also the development of the technology tools that you mentioned and consumers uh, adopting that more and more. Right. I mean, we, I think we saw such a, an acceleration over those past 18 months because we had to, um, but that's going to only continue because so many new behaviors have been shaped over these past 18 months. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I think this has been, um, while nobody wanted to go through a pandemic, we all know sometimes when we're forced uh, into new situations, it, it spurs innovation. And uh, hopefully a, a result of this is that um, more and more companies look at this as a um, as a way to uh, provide better engagement, um, not just with our customer, but also with their teams and their employees and their staff by giving them the opportunity to, to work around their life and have this flexible component uh, that um, in many cases didn't exist uh, pre-pandemic. So um, hopefully that's uh, one of the results of uh, what we've gone through together over the last 18 months. For sure. No, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It was really informative. Everyone, again, this is Greg Hanover. He's the CEO of LiveOps. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks for having me.